Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of the Ocean View Podcast. No matter where you're at in our country or around the world, we thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Now sit back and enjoy this week's message. just visiting with us. We're in the midst of a message series entitled Small is the New Big. And let me catch you up just a little bit. Uh, When we started this series, we were talking about those New Year's resolutions. And for a lot of individuals, um, wanting to have a closer relationship with God in 2017. A lot of us who are churchgoers, um, we say, God, I want this year, I want to be closer, I want to be more dedicated, and I want to serve you. And something happens to where we find ourselves up at the end of the year, and we end up in the same spot. So we talked about how the importance of really staying connected uh, to the Bible, to God's Word, that 15 minutes a day, uh, going back to that truth would really help us take small steps leading us to big changes in our life. Last week, uh, we talked about those big challenges that we face, those big moments, and the fact that if we trust and believe that an amazing God is with us, that he'll be standing right with us, and we can overcome those obstacles. Uh, Today, we're going to go into a different realm, and I would say this. uh, It's to encourage all of you that have given up on your New Year's resolutions. I mean, let's be honest. It's uh, January 22nd. How many of you already kind of just dropped those resolutions? It's over, it's done, I'm not picking it up. Um, The truth is, is today's message is really uh, for Christians. So if you're a Christian in this room, Christ follower, um, God has an incredible word for you. And it reminds all of us as leaders of what's important in our lives. Um, But before we begin, I I got a story to tell you, because I believe this, I believe God wants every Christian to lead. I believe that's written through the heartbeat of scripture, that if you're a Christian, if you proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that he has a command for you to lead. Now, as I, I begin with that, Americans love to lead. Americans love the feeling of leadership. And the reason why I know this is if you were alive on October 4th, 1957, you know what it's like for the first time in a long time as Americans to no longer be the leader. For those of you who are younger and don't know what I'm talking about. On that date, there was a Cold War happening. The United States were facing off against the USSR, the Soviet Union. And at that time, it was a battle between who was going to be the leader of the free world. And that day, the USSR launched a spacecraft called Sputnik 1, proving that they were leading in space exploration. After that moment, Americans felt the depressive feeling. All of a sudden, instead of leading from ahead, we were looking from behind. And it didn't feel good to be an American at that moment. We were losing the Cold War. And in 1961, a man by the name of John F. Kennedy boldly stepped up to a microphone and proclaimed to the dismay of NASA, who were going to have to figure it out, that by the end of that decade, that the United States was going to have a man walk on the moon. Now, you got to remember something. During this time, there is more technology in my watch than they had at NASA at that time. Do you remember Apollo 13 and the whole thing about getting them home without them dying in space? They figured out how to get them home with a pencil and piece of paper. That's the kind of technology we're talking about. So NASA's looking at John F. Kennedy and saying, you want us to do what? By when? 
And it began a very strong movement in NASA to try and figure out how they were going to put a man on the surface of the moon. If you read the stories, and it's absolutely incredible to see what they went through. But if you were alive in 1969, watching with Walter Cronkite, you remember a man by the name of Neil Armstrong making a bold statement as he stepped on the surface of the moon. And as Americans, you felt pride again. We felt like leaders again. And we don't ever like to release that feeling. I believe God wants us all to lead. I believe that some of us, if you're a Christian, some of us have stopped leading. And because of that, there's a little bit of a loss of hope. You don't look at the day and when you hear in Christianity that talk about joy, that we should have joy, you don't sense that joy. Life has become cyclical. Life has become routine. Really, you're living a life without leading. So as we dive in, I'm going to tell a little bit more of that story. But we're going to look at the life of a man by the name of Moses who forgot what it was like to lead. For those of you who are not Christians who don't know the story, Moses was a man who was born as the prince of Egypt. He was born into it. And as he found himself at the feet of Pharaoh, all of a sudden he had a lot of power. But then he realized that he was a Hebrew. He was an Israelite. So the story goes, he made some decisions which made him leave and run and find himself in the wilderness and the desert. And he was content. He was happy. I'll hang out with the goats. I'll hang out with the sheep. I've got a wife. I'm good, God. But you remember that story. God met him on a mountain and said, Moses, I want you to be a leader. And what did Moses say back for those of you Christians in this room? What did Moses say to God? (laughs) He got the wrong guy. (laughs) I'm not a good speaker. Um, You got to pick someone else. Uh, This ain't going to go well, God. You want me to lead? No, 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 no. I'll sit back and I'll do what you want. But there's another leader that you need to get. And I love that passage because God looked and said this to him. Who made your mouth? You're worried about speaking? Who made your mouth? I am, I am. I'm God. You need to lead, Moses. You need to stop looking at all the excuses why you shouldn't lead. You need to believe in yourself and you need to lead. And so Moses took the mantle, went into Egypt, and he delivered his people. It's an incredible story. But we're going to fast forward and start a few chapters later and we're going to redo this story. But here's what I want you to hang on with me. Because Moses is going to find himself with the people he just delivered, with a God who has shown miracles in front of him, and Moses is leading. And he's going to face a leadership crisis with God. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to Exodus chapter 17. We're going to learn some lessons through this, but we're going to have a little fun learning some new information too that you probably never learned before. So follow along with me. Exodus chapter 17, verse 4 through 6 Moses cried out to God, what should I do with these people? They're ready to stone me. Moses is in front of all the people, the people that were in slavery, the people who've been released, the people who have seen God do miracles, and now they want to stone their leader. And Moses says, God, what am I going to do? The Lord said to Moses, walk out in front, Moses. Take your staff, the one you used when you struck the water of the Nile, and call some of the elders of Israel to join you. God said to Moses, Moses, you're a leader. I want you to walk in front of your people. Get in front. You're a leader. And watch what God says. I will stand before you on the rock at Mount Sinai. Strike the rock and water will come gushing out. Then the people will be able to drink. So Moses struck the rock, as he was told, and water gushed out. 
as the elders looked on. In other words, Moses, you stand out in front. You lead. And by the way, Moses, you won't lead alone. I'm going to be right there. And by the way, the thing that all the people need and are grumbling for, I'm going to provide. So Moses, if you just lead, if you just trust, I'm going to take care of you. But here's the truth. There are a lot of us who believe that, but we end up like the rest of the Israelites. You see, I believe there are leaders and then there are the Israelites who just sit and grumble and complain, who want more. We want all the great things, but instead of leading, they sit back and they grumble. There's some of you who all of your life, whether it be a dad, whether it be a husband, God has called you to lead. As a business owner, God's called you to be a leader of your business. As a student, to be a leader of your peers. And many of us sit and we take a look at our skills, what we have, and say, no, 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 no. I'm not supposed to be the leader. That's for somebody else because I don't have what it takes to be a leader. A lot of people mistaken leaders for extroverts. No, 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 Pastor Terry, you're a leader because you're an extrovert. An extrovert doesn't make you a leader. Character of heart integrity of soul, a belief in what God has given you makes you a a leader. So if you're sitting there and you can think of all the excuses in the book not to lead, I want you to take some notes. First thing I want you to do is write this down. Leaders are going to make mistakes. Some of you are afraid to lead because you're like, no, no, no. If I lead, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm not as good as that person. So I'm going to sit back and I'm not going to lead because that person could do a better job. And so that person needs to do it. I should just sit back. No leader is perfect. Do you want to know how I know this? Because of a man by the name of Neil Armstrong. So go back to our NASA story. Neil Armstrong, right? Incredible. Sat back in 1969, Neil Armstrong climbed down the steps and he took that first step on the moon. How many of you who were not alive in 1969, I want to just raise your hand. How many of you in this room in 19, remember You weren't born in 1969, but you know or know most of the saying that Neil Armstrong said when he stepped on the moon. Raise your hand. How many of you know that? You can look at hands all around this room. Isn't it incredible that one phrase that a man says is so important that even if you weren't alive that day, you know what that phrase is. In fact, for those of you who don't know what it is, let's take a look on the screen. Neil Armstrong. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind pretty amazing, isn't it? I mean, we remember that statement, don't we? It builds a pride within us, doesn't it? Yes, we're America. We're leading again, right? It's an incredible statement. No, it's not. There's a mistake in that statement. It's a terrible English statement. If you're an English major, you know what I'm talking about. It doesn't make any sense. Think about it. That's one small step for man and one giant leap for mankind. Neil Armstrong said two things the same way. Neil, which is it? Is it a small step or is it a giant leap? Which is it? Now, I love this. This all day has been so much fun for me because as I say that, I'm looking at people seething because you're like, how dare you tarnish Neil Armstrong? That's awful. Some people, though, thought that, that he made a mistake. 
And do you know what they said in 1969? They said, well, it must have been an audio miscue from the moon. It, it, it didn't display right. He really said it a different way. So I figured, let's be the jury here. Let's actually hear what Neil Armstrong said. Let's listen to the recording. That's one small step for man. One giant leap for mankind. Sounds like what he said, doesn't it? You see, what Neil Armstrong was supposed to say was this. It's one small step for a man himself. But it's one giant leap for mankind. Some of you are still seething at me. You're like, can't believe I'm doing this. But do you want to know why I know this is true? Because Neil Armstrong admitted it. If you ever read a book, a book by the name of Moon Dust, he was interviewed. And Neil Armstrong said this. I really did it. I blew the first words on the moon, didn't I? You can look it up. Here's the point. We all look throughout history, and Neil Armstrong is one of our heroes. And Neil Armstrong flubbed a one-liner in front of the world. You talk about a mistake. Every English major in the country said, huh? But it doesn't matter, does it? It doesn't change the way you feel about Neil Armstrong, does it? Do you want to know why? Because he led He made a mistake, but he was a leader. He had the fortitude. He had the confidence, the courage, and the character to step out on faith. And many of us sit back and we look. And even when leaders make mistakes, it's okay because they're willing to lead. Here's the truth. God can take your mistakes and he can make them into moments. Last week we said God can take your misery and make them into moments. Guess what? God can take your mistakes and he can turn them into moments. You all who were not born in 1969 know a mistake a leader made many years ago. Leaders are going to make mistakes, but it should never, never, never cause you to stop leading. There's a lot of husbands in this room who want to be a better husband, but because you don't think you're going to be consistent. In other words, but Terry, I know I can do it for two weeks, But that's when I struggle, that's when I fall, and I don't think I can continue to do it, so I just give up. No. You need to lead because leaders will make mistakes, but you need to keep leading. Here's the second thing I want you to write down. Leaders are going to have heated disagreements. Leaders are going to have heated disagreements. A lot of individuals, they kind of ask, Terry, as your team, as a staff, you know, oh, I'm sure you think this sometimes. If you've never been in a church culture, never been on a staff at a church, um, you probably look and say, oh, the godly men and women who serve at a church, they gather together, they pray for 27 hours a day, eight days a week. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. They sing Kumbaya. I mean, the, the Shekinah glory is there. It's just absolutely incredible. No, that's not what happens. We only pray for 25 hours. It's not 20, that's not 20, no, I'm just teasing. But we have arguments. Now they're in love, but we sit around a table because we're passionate. And sometimes we will flat out disagree with one another and we will have a heated disagreement and a heated argument. Leaders are going to have arguments. Leaders are going to disagree. Do you want to know why? Because leaders are passionate about principle. When you're passionate about principle and someone comes with a preference, if you know that your principle is right, you will die on a hill for your principle. Leaders make mistakes when they die on a hill for preference. And so they're going to have heated disagreements. You want to know why I know that? Because was there another guy on that spacecraft other than Neil Armstrong? What was his name? Buzz Aldrin. You know him? Some of you are like, please don't, don't go, don't say anything about Buzz. I couldn't handle the Neil Armstrong. Now you're going to just ruin my history with Buzz Aldrin. 
Do you know the story? Do you know that Neil Armstrong was not supposed to be the first man to walk on the moon? It was supposed to be Buzz Aldrin. They had decided that. But on the spacecraft going to the moon, Neil Armstrong decided that he wanted to be the person to walk on the moon. So he got into a heated argument with Buzz. And do you know who settled that argument? NASA. Do you know how they settled the argument? I love it. Such a great story. Because they didn't use really any kind of just scientific stuff here. They used, they actually, they just kind of got out of it. But here's what they said. They said, all right, we're going to make this decision. Neil, you're the mission commander. And Neil, because you're closest to the door, you'll be the first to walk on the moon. True story. Now, a lot of you think, okay, well, all is good, but here's the truth. Do you know that when Neil and all the other astronauts, they were walking out on the moon, you can look back into history and see pictures of astronauts, right? We have photographic evidence that they walked on the moon. But if you really look close to those pictures, here's the thing you notice. There are only two pictures of Neil Armstrong, and there are two pictures that Neil took himself. One is of his footprint. The other is a picture he took of Buzz Aldrin, and the reflection of himself was in Buzz's visor. But there's no other picture or evidence of Neil Armstrong walking on the moon. Do you want to know why? Because Buzz was so mad about not being the first to walk on the moon, he refused to take a picture of Neil on the moon. True story. Leaders are going to have disagreements. If you don't have conflict, you're not trying hard enough. We have one saying in our creative team meetings. We want to mine for conflict. We want to mine and push as hard as we can to get to a point of conflict. If you have a strong position on the other side, I'm going to push you to tell me why you have that position because it's healthy as a leader to have conflict. Leaders are going to have disagreements. But a lot of people don't want to lead because they don't want to get into conflict or disagreements. A lot of families break up and blow up because they don't want conflict. And so there's a lot of dads, moms, brothers, sisters who refuse to lead. And because they refuse to lead, things simmer. And when things simmer, they explode. You think conflict is bad now? Imagine if everybody led to conflict and said, if you have a different opinion, brother, then I want to hear it because we're brothers and I want to hear your passion. And let's talk about that. Leaders are going to make mistakes. Leaders are going to have disagreements. But there's one main principle that I want to bring you back to. We're going to take a look at Moses when they left Egypt. They had just saw the 10 plagues. They had just come all the way and they were free. And now Pharaoh and his army is chasing them. And the people of Israel have an opportunity to lead. But watch what happens to some of them. Take a look. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Now, these are the same people who cried out to God, who said, God, free us from the Egyptians. Now they're saying, why did you bring us out of Egypt? They're stuck and they're grumbling. They're complaining. They're not leading. They're saying, why me? 
Continuing on. Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still. Look out front and watch the Lord rescue today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. God looks in the heart of every man, every woman, every Christian and says, don't be afraid to lead. When tough times come, you stand and you watch what God can do. Just stand out front. Just get out front. Move and watch what God will do for you. But keep leading. They get through. God shows up. The Red Sea parts. The Israelites go across. The Egyptian, the most powerful army known to man on the earth, was destroyed by the hand of God. You would think the Israelites, the people who were stuck, would finally say, I'm going to lead. Hey, that guy's for us. Who can be against us? God, I'm moving. I'm moving, God. I am following you. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to lead. But watch what happens a short period of time later. Take a look. And the whole community of Israel set out from Elam and journeyed into the wilderness of Sin between Elam and Mount Sinai. They arrived there on the 15th day of the second month. One month after leaving the land of Egypt. There too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. Isn't that true? And sometimes they'll stop complaining about God and they will start complaining about the people who actually lead for God. Happens all the time. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate the bread we wanted, but now you brought us into the wilderness to starve us all to death. Isn't it amazing that the Israelites who once were slaved, whipped, beaten, starving, horrible life. Now they're in the wilderness and they're saying, oh no, it was much better back then. We had all the food we wanted to eat. No, they didn't. But don't we do that sometimes? We beg, God, please, God, please, God, please, God, please. And then we get there and we look back and say, oh, it was better over here. We stop bleeding. Then the Lord said to Moses, look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you. Each day the people can go out and pick up as much food as they need for that day. God once again looks at Moses and says, Moses, get out front. Tell them to watch. I'm going to meet them out front and I will provide for their need. The message for every leader, God is always going to be out front. He is always going to expect us to lead. He is always going to expect us to move and meet him. He will be out in front. Now, I'm going to take you all the way back to that first passage we read, and I want you to read it with different eyes. Take a look now. At the Lord's command, the whole community of Israel left the wilderness of sin and moved from place to place. Eventually, they camped at Rephidim. But there was no water there for the people to drink. So once more, the people complained against Moses. Give us water to drink, they demanded. Quiet, Moses replied. I love it. If you don't like the Bible, I mean, there's some cool stuff in the Bible. There's an exclamation point after quiet. Moses wasn't, you mean, you saw all that Moses went through. This is just looking in the heart of Moses. Moses is dealing, he's doing the best he can, and they're grumbling again. And he just looks and says, enough, quiet. I've had it. Why are you complaining against me? And why are you testing our God? But tormented by thirst, they continued to argue with Moses. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Are you trying to kill us, our children, and our livestock with thirst? And Moses cried out to the Lord, What should I do with these people? They're about to kill me. Now, don't miss this. Use your eyes after you've just heard all this. Take a look. The Lord said, Moses, walk out in front. 
lead. Take your staff, the one you used when you struck the water of the Nile, and call some of the elders of Israel to join you. Don't miss this. Here's what God says. In those times when you are about to give up your mantle of leadership, when you're about to say, I don't think I can do it, when you're about to say, I don't think I have what it takes, God looked at Moses and said, Moses, you lead. Get out in front. And I want you to take me with you. The staff, of God, the staff represented God himself. And God looked at him and said, you're not alone, Moses. You have me with you. So when you get afraid, when you don't think you have it, it's not you, it's me in you. And so you take that staff, you walk out in front of those people, no matter what they're saying, and then watch what God says. I will stand before you on the rock at Mount Sinai, strike the rock, and water will come gushing out. Then the people will be able to drink. So Moses struck the rock as he was told and water gushed out as the elders looked on. Moses named the place Masa, which means test, and Meribah, which means arguing because the people of Israel argued with Moses and tested the Lord by saying, is the Lord here with us or not? Moses, get out in front of the people. Moses, bring me with you. And Moses, sit back and watch how I will deliver your people. God says it all the time throughout scripture. Lead. Be out in front. Let me illustrate this one last way. I'm going to ask Evan to help me out. Evan, you over there? Evan looks like an athlete, doesn't he? How about a little round of applause to encourage his confidence? Thank you. There you go. There you go. All right, Evan, here's what we're going to do. There's some pretty important football games that are going on, and some of the guys in the room are already saying, hey, pregame is coming out shortly, so you need to wrap it up. So I'm going to wrap it up. But here's what I want you to do. A quarterback, like last week, sorry, Cowboys fans, but you saw what Aaron Rodgers did. A quarterback can throw to a spot on the field, know exactly where the receiver is going to be, and he's going to hit that receiver at a spot for something amazing to happen. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do, Evan. I want you, I'm going to say hike. You're going to run a pattern, just come straight across here. I'm going to hit you with a pass. We're going to do something amazing. Ready? Ready? He said hike. That was pathetic. The students are clapping for you, of course. Wherever that ball went, if you could grab that ball, because he's going to need it in just a second. Yeah, we got a bunch of cowboys over there. So here, here's the point. Here's the point. I asked Evan to run a pattern, and something amazing was going to happen over here. And I said, hike, and Evan walked. God has something incredible for every Christian in this room. In fact, he has something incredible for every person in this room. God knows exactly what it's going to be. He knows exactly where in life it's going to happen. And all his expectation is for us as Christians is to lead, which is mean to get out in front, which is means to move forward. The problem is many of us sit back and we stand still. We walk slow. We grumble. We complain. We don't move, which means there's a lot of incompletions down the field because we are afraid of leading. But if every Christian actually believed that God is before me, that he's in front of me, that I, it's not about being an extrovert. It's not about having special talent. It's not about the guy next to me. It's about me taking what God has given me and leading every day. That if I do that and I move forward, that something incredible can happen with God's help. You want to try it again? Ready? Hey. I'm going to round of applause. I want you to write this down. 
Leaders need to lead. It's about as simple as I can put it. Leaders need to lead. It's time to stop making excuses. It's time to stop grumbling. It's time to stop standing still. It's time to stop complaining to God. And it's time to start looking at yourself as a Christian and saying, God, what have you gifted me in? And I'm going to use whatever you've gifted me in. And I'm not going to wait for someone next to me, in front of me, behind me to step up. I'm going to step up and I'm going to lead because that's what you call us to. That's what you want from every believer. Not certain, but every believer. In fact, some of you who right now are saying, well, I hear it, but I don't know. We've been doing all month fact over feeling. And I want you to write something down and it's going to be based off of a fact. Write this down. To lead is difficult. To not lead is disobedient. To lead is difficult. To not lead is disobedient. Do you want to know how I know why? It's because of what God says in the truth, which is fact. And we need to have this and hold on to it in our heart. This comes from 1 Peter 4.10. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. In other words, God looks at the heart of every Christian and says, I've given you what you need. Students, I've given you what you need. Lead. Take what I've given you. Step up. Lead. Husbands, stop making excuses that you're afraid that you'll let her down one more time. Lead. Grandparents, stop making excuses like, we put in our time, good luck, kids. That's not biblical. It's time for grandparents to realize you're a tribe and realize that God has gifted you with so much and it's important for you to pour in to your kids so that they don't make some of the same mistakes that you make. Take what God's given you and lead. The question is, will you? Now we're going to close the service in a different way. We're going to ask Tangina to come up and sing one more song. But as she does, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you've been coming to our church for some time, you know I don't like to play church. I don't like church to be about coming, singing, hearing a good message, going home and recycling. That's not church. What church is, is coming together, praising with our mouths and amazing God because of what he's done in our lives, encouraging one another that are beside us, praying for them, encouraging them, sitting and listening to God's word. And then when God says something to our hearts, we actually pause, stop, reflect and say, God, I should do this. I'm going to do it this week. That's what church is. And so what I want to challenge you to as Tangina sings, is this. When you entered into this place, you received a white card. Am I right? Take out that white card. Show it to me. Because some of you are like, yeah, I got the white card. I'm not going to do anything with it, but I got it. Show it to me. Here's what I want you to do. As Tangina sings, I want you to pray. I want you to ask God this question. God, am I leading or am I grumbling? Only you know the answer to that question. If you're leading today, God bless you. I'm proud of you. Keep leading. Keep moving forward. Don't let anybody tell you you don't have what it takes. But if you're grumbling, if you're following, if you are standing back and you're not using all that God's given you, I'm going to challenge you on that card to lead. And here's how I'm going to challenge you. There are a lot of ways that you can lead in your family, a lot of ways that you can lead in your community. You know that personally. I don't know that. I don't know your struggles, your issues, but you do. But here's one thing I do know about Christians is we are one body and God calls us to lead. And so if on that card you say, Terry, I have a gift 
or I don't even know what my gift is, but I know that I'm not using it. Then on that card, I want you to write down, along with your name and contact information, I want you to write on this card one of the following categories. Take a look. First impressions. If you're a person, you know, Terry, I don't know what I can do, but I can say hi to someone. Do you know this morning we had a couple of guys in the parking lot who were getting wet every minute? Some of you look and say, man, those guys love getting wet. No, they don't. They love to serve. They love to smile. They love to welcome people. They like to say hello. They love it when someone feels welcome here at our church. And so you know what they do? They get an umbrella and they go get wet because they know that God's given them the talent and the ability to lead. Some of you need to join that team. Some of you need to join the ushers. Some of you need to join security. Some of you need to join being a greeter. Some of you who are not doing anything, you can stand and smile at someone and say, hi, welcome. So if that's you and say, Terry, that's me, I want you to write down first impressions. We will call you back and we will talk to you about that. Some of you guys, you fall asleep halfway through my messages. Well, guess what? Here's the great thing. You could serve in tech and you could still count it as going to church. You could sit up with Max and you don't even have to halfway listen to me and say, hey, I went to church, honey, isn't that great? But we have some positions in our tech ministry that we could absolutely use help for and we'd love for you to serve. Family, if you know me personally, family ministry is very passionate to me. I, every, I don't know if you know this, but every morning I grab donuts at Dunkin' Donuts and I bring them for our preschool volunteers every single Sunday morning. I meet with them at 8.30 in the morning. And some of you are like, but church doesn't start till 9, Terry. Yes, that's right. Well, that means we have volunteers that actually show up at 8.30. And do you know what they do in that time? They actually pray for you. They actually come together and pray for your kids. They actually share stories about how some of your kids are doing incredible things. And do you want to know why they do it? Why they sacrifice their sleep and their energy? And some of you are like, dang, an hour with preschoolers? Oh my gosh, just shoot me now. That's some of you saying. But they love it because they have a heart that says, God, I have this gift and I want to lead. Lastly, some of you, you always say, well, I sing really good in the shower, but I wouldn't want to burden anybody with my voice outside. You need to stop. Because singing and worshiping are two different things. Singing is a specific thing. Worshiping is a heart thing. Some of you need to stop complaining about you don't have the talent and some of you need to join this team up here and you need to try to be a part of our worship team. Bottom line is wherever you felt nudged, I want you to write that down, write your contact information and we promise we will connect with you because God wants every Christian to lead. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this message and I thank you that you have gifted every person in this room and you are challenging them to step forward. Like you said to Moses, Moses, move in front. Take me with you and see my work. I pray that every person in here would just realize if they would just lead you could move mountains. You can not only change their life, you can change their family. You can change their friends, their business, their community if they would just stop complaining and start leading. So God, this is a moment between you and them. I pray in their hearts that they would take the call and begin to lead. We bless you, Lord, in Jesus' name.
Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. If you would like more information about the ministries at Ocean View, or if you'd like to speak to someone directly, you can visit our website at www.ovbc.org. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.